Welcome to another episode of Yours Digitally, India's first digital personalization podcast presented by Zeno. We're living in the world of digital personalization, where brands like Amazon, Netflix, and Spotify have changed the customer behavior using their personalized recommendation engines. We're addicted to them. In the world after coronavirus, consumer behavior is changing. Customers are spending more time online and are also shopping online. But this change in consumer behavior isn't temporary. It's here to stay. That means that all marketers today need to adopt digital personalization like Amazon, Netflix and Spotify to stand out in front of their customers in the digital world. But it's easier said than done because there's so much competition out there and one needs to achieve better results with limited marketing budgets. Well, that's where yours digitally comes in. With this podcast, our mission is to help you become an expert in digital personalization so that you can delight your customers with better and relevant campaigns while increasing your marketing return on investment. Each week, we bring you interviews with leaders from top consumer brands and applicable marketing advice that you can use to generate a better return on investment. Whether you're a marketing or loyalty professional, an entrepreneur or a top executive at a large consumer brand who's looking to adopt digital personalization, we've made this podcast especially for you. Make sure to hit the subscribe button on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Google Podcast or wherever you prefer to listen to it to never miss a new update. Hi Mohit, it's great to have you on the show today. Hi, good to be here. Great. Uh, Mohit, I'd love it, uh, you know, for our audiences who maybe don't know you or the Momsco already, if you could just give a quick introduction. Sure. Um, so I'm the founder of the Momsco. We are a large now D2C brand. We focus on the mom and baby segment in India. And our goal is to be, you know, very quickly reach 100 CR in top line and also to be uh, India's largest mom and baby brand as we grow. Right? We've been about three, four years in the journey. Uh, and yeah, I'm happy to share insights and answer your question and share some stories from our four-year-old journey so far. And uh, I think uh, just to add to that, Mohit was one of the early people at Snapdeal. So I think he has more knowledge about e-commerce than most of us in India. And I think one of the things that I've also found really interesting is how you built a really customer-obsessed culture uh, at Momsco. And I'm looking forward to really chatting with you on that and many more topics on the podcast today. So uh, I remember reading online about how you had built the care team and how you'd answer, you know, customer customer queries personally yourself. So I'd love to know what you did in the early days to sow the seed of creating such a customer obsessed culture at Momsco. I think very early on, uh, you know, we decided that our mission is going to be to help moms make safe, natural and effective choices. Uh, and very interestingly, when we started, a lot of people and mentors and folks from the FMCD space came back and said, be careful, right? Because moms are... Uh, it is hard to win the trust of a mom. Right? And so we said, look, if you really want to be meaningful and have a meaningful impact in this space, we will have to be obsessed about what the mom needs, what is her feedback, what does she do? And so to see that in, you know, when we started, we were, let's say, a four or five member team, uh, there was a norm for everyone to do customer calls. Right? Every week we would get on and talk to customers. And the amount of insights it gave us about why someone would trust such a small brand uh, and also as we continued to grow, why they would keep picking it up was very interesting. Uh, 
I remember this, these two, three really interesting moments in that journey. So Madhika, me, you know, our team, everyone used to pick up phone calls. And very early, we set up a live chat on the website so we could do live chats. And we still do that. Today, we do about five, six hundred live chats a day uh, on the website, right? So we've been able to help moms in that sense. And interestingly, what we realized very early on was there are some moms who are looking at us not just as a product company, but as a source of uh, information. Right? That's a time in a woman's life when she is taking a lot of decisions for the first time. And so for her, having a partner that she trusted was very interesting. Uh, there was this one time I remember for some reason I was live chatting at 2 a.m. Uh, on the website and a woman uh, you know, started, reached out to us. At that time, we had a tea for breastfeeding to support lactating mothers. And she asked, hey, can I start breastfeeding now with your product, right? She had stopped. And when we asked, or when I asked, why have you, you know, why do you want to restart? She said, my baby is now 13 months old and not walking. I think it is because I stopped breastfeeding him. And so it dawned on me that her need for breastfeeding was not for the product, but because of the guilt that she felt because her baby was slower to walk in her head as compared to a lot of other moms. Uh, and that was very insightful, right? That, you know, so the, it's dawned on us consistently that when you're working for a mom, you're not selling products, you're actually solving a lot of her concerns. And uh, that's one of the core values that we've built on the company so far, which is put mom first. Um, so we put her needs above our products as an example, right? And we are here genuinely to solve for solutions. In many cases, that means going beyond products that goes beyond uh, into the content that we produced. Uh, and that goes into the conversations that we have, right? And that's hopefully some of the seeds and the learning and the culture that we've built up over the last few years. Uh, that's really interesting. And I think uh, at the core, uh, like you said, put moms first, I think for any company, uh, I think it's always about really understanding the customer and putting the customer first. And even for us at Zeno, even now, every new person who comes on board, one of the core things around their onboarding process is actually speaking to customers, spending time listening to customers more importantly. And I think for any business, whether it's B2B, B2C, I think that's the core. And if you get that right, a lot of things follow up from that. Yeah. It's also, I think we are privileged, right? As uh, internet first businesses now, you have access to customers. Even 10 years ago, you didn't have this level of access, right? Today, when we really want, uh, we can move a conversation from a customer chat to a WhatsApp to a WhatsApp video and within five minutes, talk directly to a customer and get feedback, right? Life has moved online and that has really helped us over time be more and more customer obsessed and the access has really helped uh, see that into the culture of newer internet first companies. Yeah, absolutely. So I'd, I'd love to just quickly follow up on that. So what are some of the key things uh, that you're doing at Momsco to ensure that you still maintain that culture as you've scaled? Um, two, three things, right? One, I think just from a tactical perspective, uh, every customer channel that we have, we have people dedicated to monitoring and responding directly on that channel, right? So email, 
all social media, all Instagram DMs, all comments that we get across social media, uh, the live chat. We have a five-member team just managing live chat on the website. And while there are bots, I would say, uh, we're not comfortable because we don't want to lose the human touch. Right. So one consistent theme across the company and every single function, there are people dedicated to talking and responding directly to customers. Second is all of the products we create at the Momsco are essentially asks from customers, right? So once in a week or once in two weeks, we do a a program called Mondays with Malika, which is Malika directly as the founder answering customer questions. And in those customer questions, at the end of it, we'll always say, hey, what else do you want us to launch? And typically we get two, 300 product requests coming out of that. So almost our entire product pipeline as a company is built to service the needs of moms. Uh, it's a good validation of what we are building because you know customers only ask the customers won't ask us to build a car for them, right? They see us in a certain space and so they ask us for questions. So our entire product journey is built on that. Uh, and the third, uh, and then now I'm going beyond you know our final customer a little bit, but as a brand. Our big customers are also the buyers, right? So is it the retailer? Is it Amazon? Is it Nike? Uh, a lot of doctors also support the Momsco and are willing to recommend the Momsco as products. So talking to doctors directly. And a lot of our product development uh, is also decided along with them, right? So we take insights from every single partner in the ecosystem and we look at how can we take that input into the future of the Momsco and more solutions that we provide for people. Really interesting. Uh, I think Mondays with Malika is a really awesome founder uh, idea. And I think any D2C founder who's listening and I think we should really think about how to replicate that. So taking a step back for a moment, uh, you were very early at Snapdeal as well before Momsco. So what are some of the non-obvious insights that you've seen about the e-commerce space over the years? So I joined Snapdeal actually... I think four years into the marketplace business. Uh, and, you know, the team had evolved to a certain degree where it was quite big, actually. It was, I think, 5,000 odd employees at that time when I joined. Um, and, you know, we went through a downturn, et cetera, et cetera, together. My role in the Snapdeal started as head of strategy and then moved to head of growth. And my biggest insight, actually, as head of growth was that why growth does or does not happen uh, data actually hides the answer, right? So while we have access to a lot of this information and the customer and the data, the data typically gives you indications and then there is nothing better than actually talking to a customer to figure out what's happening. Uh, we were struggling with very high returns in the fashion category, right? Uh, and I remember I was on chat with a... Uh, 28-year-old woman from Bareilly, right, um, who had ordered a red sari and she returned it. And when I got onto a call with her, I my instinct was that the problem was pricing uh, because she would have found a better price somewhere or it was quality of the product, right, because we had, you know, product quality in fashion is quite a concern. It was very interesting. When I got onto a call and I said, Aapne kyu return kiya? she said, not Right. Uh, the image that she saw on the Snapdeal platform was of a certain red, which was two shades different from the red that actually got delivered. Right. So the 
the concern she had was not product or pricing uh it was actually the color right and so this you know this started an entire uh project under snapdeal where color replication on fashion as a category became really important and you know we knew at the time that other companies were doing it as well but a color mismatch was something that we would have never highlighted as because the data was hiding it yes right so yeah that was our biggest insight that no matter how big we get as uh, and how much access to data we have uh, there's always a lot that you don't know and there's nothing like talking to a customer to figure that out no for sure uh, really interesting story so also uh, like now uh, we took a step back now let's come back to where we are today right the world of covid uh, yeah. covid has changed the way we all think about our businesses right yeah. so as a d2c founder uh, how has covid changed your business and what are your top 3 priorities at the moment um so covid hit us in april and may when e-commerce was shut down and warehouses were shut we got them up and running pretty quickly uh i think early on we realized that two things are going to change our business one is that no matter where covid goes a lot of our products are essentials right because we do simple stuff like washes shampoos which are fmcg right not even the creams but a chunk of the business is an essential product uh to the extent that they're not just essentials from the definition but also from the customer point of view right at that time we got a bunch of phone calls and video messages and emails from customers saying i need your baby wash because i don't want to change to another baby wash uh just because of the lockdown how can i get your product right so customers were running out of products and they wanted us back and they didn't want to switch right so in that sense we realized how essential over time a product had become to customers uh and that was important and we should continue building the essentials portfolio of the business no matter where covid lands the second big change was that uh customers were really gravitating more to our natural safe uh solutions all right so uh we are today india's largest nature and toxins out brand right that is the trademark that we own it's a guarantee to the customer that all ingredients that we use are derived from natural sources all products that we have without exception are certified toxin free right and that's as messaging that customers gravitated towards so since then uh, from a messaging and a focus standpoint for the business we focused a lot more on natural toxin free as the messaging and we focused a lot more on essentials as the product portfolio that we have um the third big change was you know with the last uh fundraise that we had our focus for this year was to really launch and establish us in retail uh that of course has got not on pause but we are much more thoughtful about where we would deploy in retail the products because we want to balance availability for the customer uh but be in location where customers are happy and safe to go right um so a little bit more of balancing across channels uh is something we've done over the last few months got it. and and broadly like what does your channel distribution of sales post covid look like uh so it is about still 90% online uh online is a healthy mix for us across amazon nike flipkart first cry uh purple a lot of the marketplaces and our website as well right um that's a balance that we try and maintain depending on uh the season as well so if one goes up a lot then we focus a lot more on the other channel and so on makes sense 
So uh, as we uh, come back to that culture of you know customer obsessiveness that we were talking about early in the conversation, how do you extend that to your marketing or your customer engagement campaigns? Um, so a lot of it actually. If you look at the funnel that we are trying to create now, um, let's think of it as you know there's ephemeral content, there is steady state content that goes on, and there's uh, trending content as an example, right? So our customer engagement is split into those buckets. There is a lot of content we put on based on campaigns, right? So we have one campaign that's ongoing which says "Don't fear the stretch," right? It is a almost a call to action to moms who are just about to enter motherhood, right? Uh, a lot of women go into it with trepidation of what motherhood will be like, and our message to them consistently through that campaign is "Don't worry about the stretch of motherhood. We're here for you." Uh, both in terms of content and in terms of products that you need, right? So that's one content that is a steady state campaign that keeps on building on itself, and we have a lot of engagement on that platform for pregnant moms. Um, we have engagement also focused, for example, on particular products, right? So we have a new product that's coming up in the next couple of weeks. There'll be a full-blown product launch campaign, like any other FMCG company would do. And then the engagement is around educating the customer on the ingredients and the products and the benefits and how to use them. That's the second. A third large chunk of the customer uh, engagement for us is through our emails and SMS campaigns, right? Which is very customer journey specific. So we know that as we've grown today, we have 30 SKUs. But even in those 30 SKUs, customers don't know of a lot of them. And so customer education and introduction of customers to new products and new categories is what our emails and SMS channels do for us. And so the third bit of education, I would say, for the customers is a lot around product usage and categories and how they can use a lot of our products to their benefit. Got it. So since the podcast is named Yours Digitally, the Digital Personalization Podcast, like I'd love to deep dive a little bit into the last point, right? So how do you today personalize your SMS and email communications? Yeah, I think we're still fairly early in that journey, to be honest. Uh, for now, the signals that we use are customer purchase, right? So we know what they have bought now. We know from data, from what they bought, what are they most likely to be interested in. Uh, from the products, we likely know which trimester the person is in or how old the baby is. And so, at least depending on the product purchase, which is the signal we use, we keep sharing data around, hey, here is additional stuff that you might like to try or here are additional products that you'd want to solve. Now, we are expanding beyond that to customer education focused on uh, how to use products, right? So how to massage your baby, how to use our vitamin C serum, you know, for your skincare. So there's a second new series that's launching around education, which we will again be triggered based on your product purchase. Uh, and over time, what we hope to do is really have a discussion where based on your entire interaction with us across all of our website components, uh, we can then personalize more and more. I think today, of all the comms we send, about 40-50% of it is personalized and our target is to get to roughly 85-90% by the end of next year. Got it. So you spoke a lot about education in your marketing, right? If you look at most retail businesses, all of their marketing communications are more salesy, right? Come and buy this dress from me, come and buy this top from me, right? If you bought this, also buy this. 
so where do you see like you know uh, educative content playing a role in marketing beyond just you know uh, the momsco business in a more generic sense yeah let me go back and finish my earlier story actually so the story yeah. of the woman who reached out at 2 am on how do i start breastfeeding how that conversation went on was me telling her look you do not need our product right uh one by having rt if your body stops breastfeeding you will not restart and second it is very likely that your baby just needs some encouragement uh and not any different food or anything right babies just grow at different times and i then went as simply googled i pulled out a blog that we had and i sent her you know things like 10 exercises or games you can play with your child to help them to walk faster Which is essentially around building leg strength and so on. We are here to help moms make safe, natural, effective choices. That's the mission. Choices is a keyword. Right? It's not products. It's not solutions. It's choices. And so for us, education is the space where we use our platform to help the mother with all questions that she has. And a lot of our communication, even around products, is why these products are beneficial for you, and education around the products, right? Either the ingredients or how it's different from others, or how to use it to their benefit. And we go beyond products also to communicate on a bunch of other topics. Uh, our belief as a brand is, if we are able to solve for moms and provide her with solutions that she can trust, she will come back to us the next time she needs a product. that it puts us in a position where we don't need to discount often uh we have a very strong repeat base and customers like us because they trust us not because we are discounted that and that's uh, that's the space we really want to be in oh, i completely agree with that philosophy and i think a lot of our communication at zeno also aligns with that where i always tell our marketing team think of yourself as like a media and education company where your goal is to create value for yeah, yeah. the reader right and create value for the person who's on the other end the fact that it's going to promote zeno or lead to business in the long run is just coincidental because people trust us more right products uh, like marketing is another way of in a way building that trust and yeah. that long term relationship with that customer but like if you talk about like other retail businesses right like let's say if i was in the apparel business or if i was in the footwear business right uh, or if i was in the cosmetics business how do you think i could extend this education mentality to a business like that i think every business can do it uh, let me just talk about you know other founders or also friends um so koshik is a founder of sugar uh cosmetics right uh their entire philosophy online is uh when they're setting a red an interview that customers today want to go beyond the regular kajal mascara and they are happy to try with a lot more products they don't know how so the entire social media for them is geared towards educating customers on how to use products and over time as customers say hey this is a look i want to try that ends up driving sales for them right um from the apparel business give you another example ayushi is the founder of feeble street right it is a large uh, workwear focused startup what they've done if you look at their social media it's a lot of styling for work right and so from their content if they can be the trusted source for how do you style for nice formal wear or formal workwear for women 
hopefully we will come and say hey this is a style i want to try and end up buying clothes right so i think in every sector there is a space to educate the customer because today with social media uh when an expanding ambitions people do want to come in and experiment and learn uh, it's really a question of do you see this fitting your marketing and do you also see this be the space that you want to occupy awesome i i think makes a lot of sense thank you for sharing those examples i'm sure a lot of our listeners will really be able to relate to that cool uh just a couple of questions as we finally sign off right first if i am a d2c founder listening into this um or a retailer or even a retail marketer uh, listening into this right any books you'd recommend uh for us to listen into yeah uh two of my favorite books actually there is uh there's a book about innocent right innocent is now an old so there's 10 12 years old but a very large a uh, healthy drinks brand in the uk uh, started by three guys they share some amazing stories uh, and i think what they've done is they've really simplified marketing uh into a little into bits and pieces right that really work um so i'll give you an example of their uh, consumer research right uh, so they share a story about how they won't show whether they should do this business or no uh so they went into a food festival which was their tg and they made uh juices they made people buy juices and they put two barrels on the side one said if you think we should launch this as a full time business drop your cup in this barrel after emptying it and if you think this is stupid and we shouldn't launch it drop your cup in this barrel right so a simple yes and no a live yes and no and the fact that one of the yes barrels was overflowing gave them confidence to say hey start the business and so it's it's got a very interesting set of insights on how to do customer research and how do you simplify marketing and how do you communicate and so that's one of my favorite books i always recommend um the second is more on the founder perspective which is by ben horowitz uh hard thing about hard things uh i see you smiling i think you know a lot of founders have read that which is basically it simplifies a lot of decision making that you have to do as a founder it's a lonely journey it's a hard journey you take decisions every day uh, and so i actually read that book every 6 months because i find that every 6 months the decisions i'm taking are different and i look at the same thing in a very different context uh and you know that is a story of starting up all the way to multi billion dollar exits and the decisions that founders have to take in a very uh I think realistic understanding of here is a almost a guide to take those decisions. So here's what I would have done. Yeah, so that's my second favorite book on the D two C, and my third all time favorite is Shoe Dog, the founder of Nike. Right, it's just for such a known global brand, it's always very humbling to see the startup and the beginning that they had. Uh, on a bad day, it's a good book to read to say, hey, you know, everyone goes to this shit. It's absolutely fine. Yeah. So, innocent shoe dog and the hard thing about hard things are your three key book recommendations. Yes. Okay, cool. Uh, and finally, um, as we log off from this podcast, uh, are there any uh, you know D two C founders that you'd recommend for us to host on this podcast? Yeah, I'll go back to Kaushik from Sugar Cosmetics. So, a little known fact about him is that this is actually his fourth startup. uh he's been through two startups that launched and didn't do well then they moved to starting fabbag 
now which they built into a very large beauty subscription box and that actually has changed to sugar uh so he has i think a large set of insights and he's been doing this for 12 13 years uh you know they're finally building a really rock solid company with great customer insights uh, i think his long term association in the space and his seeing the evolution involved from the middle of it that would be really fascinating So yeah, Kaushik Mukherjee from Sugar Cosmetics. Perfect. Thanks for that recommendation. Even I follow him on uh, LinkedIn and Twitter, and I've been—I uh, really love the insights that he shares. So I'm, I'm sure it's going to be awesome to host him sometime. Perfect. Thank you so much, Mohit, for sharing all of the insights. I think it was a really powerful discussion, and I personally learned so much about the D2C business, about how we can all be more customer obsessed. So uh, glad to have you on the show. and thank you for being here really such a pleasure thanks for having me